the way out of toxicity and abuse of power is healthy pastors. And so where there are healthy pastors, we've got to find a way to sustain and support them and, and, and make that the norm. Continue this theological discussion in a car or in a jailhouse with cops. Welcome to Everything Just Changed, where we envision a post-culture war church and equip leaders who just can't even anymore. All right. Well, welcome back to Everything Just Changed. We've been off for a couple of weeks and Brad and I are back, and we are starting a new series that we are calling Bait and Switch, The State of Pastors and How Ministry Just Changed. Really, what we want to do is we want to ask the question, what the heck is going on with pastors? Right, yeah, because we we just did this series on power. And by the way, thank you for all the feedback we've gotten around this, because that was both a fantastic learning experience for us, but it's been really encouraging to just hear so much encouraging feedback around how helpful it's been for you. Um, But one of the themes that we found and kind of just realized as we were going, and we kept kind of dipping our toe into, but couldn't uh, spend a whole lot of time focused on that because we're trying to stay focused on power is the state of pastors. And like, because there are a lot of what we were talking about intersected with things that are going on with pastors and pastoral leaders and, and ministry leaders in general, that had you know intersected with and had you know implications around power, but we realized there's a lot more going on than just issues around power here, right? So we we cited like for example one of the things that we cited during the the power series was the statistic from Barna that came out in November of 2021 um, that 38% uh, of pastors are seriously considering leaving ministry or have in the previous year. That number went up nine points just from 11 months prior. So in February, uh, sorry, January of 2021, that number was 29%. And so that's a 50%, almost a 50%, 40% increase in the number of pastors who are saying that in less than a year. Um, And then like just some of the headlines of articles from, you know, Christianity Today, uh, recently, uh, 200 people left our small church. Uh, another one, I've reached my breaking point as a pastor. Uh, just, I think, last week as of uh, this recording, uh, our pulpits are full of empty preachers. Tens of thousands of pastors want to quit but haven't. What has that done to them? Yeah, and just real quick, I mean, w- what's behind that statement right there? That's That's talking about pastors that are showing up to preach every Sunday, kind of going... I really want a way out of here, and yet I can't figure one out. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and and, right. and, and that is a common enough experience, right? That in addition to Barna and CT, um, the New York Times and Washington Post are starting to take notice. And if they're, if you know, when <laughs> the New York Times and Washington Post are writing articles about pastors, it has to be significant yeah. enough to matter yeah. to that large of an audience. And when the Washington Post is publishing an article titled Burned Out by the Pandemic, Many Clergy Quit in the Past Year, something is seriously yeah. wrong. And so as we are uh, you know, jumping into this miniseries, we've got some amazing interviews lined up. We've done, a, we've done and recorded a couple already, but we thought it was really important that this maybe more than a, a lot of the kind of armchair postulating and quarterbacking that we do you know, around culture, like Bryce, you and I, 
at the end of the day, we're pastors. We're pastors. Uh, even yeah. more than we are podcast co-hosts, which thank God, because <laughs> whew, we got a lot more uh, training and, and, and experience in one of those uh, roles. But we felt it was really important that we didn't do this and have this conversation from a personal or emotional distance. But a lot of our partnering here in the podcast, and also some of you noticed that, hey, wait, Bryce suddenly started talking about how he's in Boulder County now. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was going to say that. You know, when we started the podcast, we used to say, "Hey, we're both pastors. Yeah. One of us is in Colorado, one of us is in in California. Now we're both in Colorado." I mean, yeah, how did what, that happen, it, right? It, it, Bryce, is is that is that related <laughs> to what we're talking about here maybe? Yeah, and so gosh, I mean, I haven't really talked about this on the podcast, but um so we all know COVID shut the world down in March of 2020. And I think we started the podcast like a month or so into that, maybe six weeks into that. And um, I resigned from the church that I had planted and was pastoring in Orange County, California at the end of September, 2020. And um, really what, what had happened uh, was I had gotten to the point where I just couldn't in good faith, continue to pastor the church that I was pastoring. And yeah, when people ask why or what happened, I feel like the, the best answer is death by mm. a thousand cuts. Mm. You know, there, there was no one smoking gun, no one single cause. Um, but gosh, there were, there were so many small or actually not so small yeah. <laughs> kind of things. Um, Gosh, I'm I'm actually thinking about um, David French um, on his Good Faith podcast. Um, they were actually exploring this issue of what's going on with pastors in an episode a couple of weeks back, and and he he used the analogy of like it's not the straw that broke the camel's back; it's like yeah. people started dropping two by fours on the camel. That's a great just mental image of what that time period felt like. So none of these factors in isolation. Um, would have probably led to just saying, I can't do this anymore. But okay, COVID, obviously we all know that um, pastoral ministry and just what happened to the church was dramatically changed because of COVID, just because we couldn't mm. gather in person. And so um, that sense of of um, not being able to worship, I mean, I'm, I'm saying things that everybody has experienced, um, many people have experienced, not being able to gather for worship, switching to online, then trying to figure out how do we gather in person again and how do we do that outside uh, in this sense, in this context where things are changing so dramatically, week to week, um, mandates about masks and what you need to do in person and outside and how large of a group you can have. And that combined with being a church plant where we don't own a building, we don't own a parking lot that we can meet in outside. Is there a public park that we can legally gather in? Constant changes, you know. Okay, so that's maybe factor one. Factor two is people leaving, like people relocating because of COVID-related job changes. Um, just several people leaving our church. Um, all of this happening when we're five years mm -hmm. into planting a church, <laughs> right? So it's, it's not like I yeah, came yeah. into that season well-rested, um, well-resourced, just with an abundance of energy. Like I came into that season on fumes and then people started dropping two by fours on, you know, on the camel. And I actually had this experience where 
I took my oldest son on a, a father son trip and um, there, there were two guys kind of facilitating that trip and they were amazing in just um, kind of pouring into me and the other dads there and encouraging us. And it just struck me that in my local church context, I'm the one who is responsible for the health of this organization, but I don't have the sense that I've got mm. people shouldering that load with me. And, and so I'm responsible for the health of this church, but I don't really have the, um, the ability to move it where it needs to go towards health. I'm responsible for it, but I don't have the ability to do it. I don't have the resources necessary to do it. And then following the death of George Floyd and moving towards the 2020 election, the political, the cultural voices, the, the extreme voices basically just got to the point, it got to the point where it was just impossible to lead effectively anymore. And so I think uh, in August, uh, my wife and I decided, hey, you know, for the sake of our family, for the sake of our own health, we've reached the uh, the end of the road here. And, um, you know, and God provided and God, God has been really good to us. But I remember at the time, um, talking about this with my wife, that I, I had the sense that I was going to be ahead of the curve on this. Um, so like I said, this is like late summer, early fall, 2020. And I remember sharing with... Uh, some yeah. of like our network, Brad, of like pastor friends that I was resigning. And there was this sense of like, whoa, like that's, that's crazy. And to see how many other people have reached a similar place. Well, and, and then the, the phone calls started coming in. Yeah. In the next two, you're right. And the number of people who have called me and they're like, how did you make this decision? What did you do? How did mm. you survive? Um so, yeah, I mean, I feel like I kind of have this tendency to be like, I can kind of anticipate what might be coming down the road. And I always said, I'm going to try to resign soon so I can find another job before everything else, you know, before there's this influx of pastors looking for more jobs. And, you know, it seems like that's worked out okay circumstantially thus far. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. Yeah, yeah it, it's it's crazy. Uh, just. I remember at the very beginning of the pandemic and, and when, when we first started this podcast, one of the, our earliest interviews that I've thought about so much over the last two years has been, uh, was with Chris Bruno, um, mm-hmm. you know, a therapist in Fort Collins, Colorado, and he does a lot of work, especially with pastors. And I asked him, um, I said, you know, some of the things I feel like I'm experiencing as a pastor right now remind me a lot of the PTSD some symptoms I would as a chaplain in the Army National Guard, be looking for in soldiers who are coming back from deployment? And he said, yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. That's exactly right. Because what this pandemic is, is, is like is kind of like a, a prolonged spread out hypervigilance that is the equivalent of, um, the, the kind of ongoing anxiety of a deployment and being afraid of, uh, you know, being blown up by a roadside bomb or or an IED or uh, mortared in your Ford operating base. And he said, and he, so he made that comparison and to, to connect this with what you're describing now, Bryce, when I was a chaplain in the army national guard and we would have a unit come back from deployment, there was a mandatory six month period after they got back Hmm. That no commander, no nobody in their chain of command was allowed to even contact them for any reason 
because they needed that space to rest. And the only exception for that was they would do these family events. Um, first one would be 30 days out. The second one would be three months. And then you'd, you'd, you'd start having a transition back into regular drill weekends. But those were exclusively intended to be, let's reconnect. Let's wow. check back in. Let's, wow. let's actually find out how everybody's doing. But you needed that space. Pastors have, are, are, are currently in the experience um, of having deployed, but not getting that time to heal because we're still deployed. You know, so, I mean, that's really interesting because I actually did get that, right? Because God provided this like accidental sabbatical where my family had six months to rest and recover. And it's funny because even in our local church context, I've said to you often, you're like, everybody's exhausted. I'm like, I'm not, I'm, I'm actually okay now because I did get that. that yeah, no, no, that, that's been one of the things that we've like, right, had to kind of work out because you're coming from a place of rest and I'm like, man, I'm still looking for that, you right. know? Yeah. Um, yeah. and, but like, that's how that, that, that's part of the way we've got to work that out. We'll get back to the podcast in just a second. One of the challenges of our new cultural milieu is online static. There is just so much content, so much input, and most of it isn't helping you deal with this new reality in a constructive way. That's why we launched the Everything Just Changed newsletter. It's a short email that cuts through the static to let you know every time there's a new interview here on Everything Just Changed. Take 30 seconds now to click the link in the show notes and sign up. I say all this because, um, man, in January of this year, um, we're in a couple different church playing networks, and one of them, we uh, had a retreat. And it was the first time the church planters um, in, this, in this particular network had gotten together and had been able to be in person and like at, on a retreat kind of setting um, in, in over two years because of the pandemic. And so the first thing we did was just check in and just ask, hey, how you doing? Yeah. And I want to read anonymously and these have been scrubbed from any identifying information, right? These 10 things I'm going to read were all said and not in a room with that many pastors and planters, right? This was the, this was, this characterized 95%. In fact, there's only one ministry leader in the room who said like, actually things have improved for us and our church over the course of the pandemic. Exactly one. Wow. Right. So here's some of the things that were said. I'm just so tired of bleeding. Second one, it's really refreshing that my wife has a job people like. <laughs> I get that. Um, three, I'm a different person than I was two years ago. Four, my kids stopped saying they hate me. So that's really great. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Five, my wife is scared of ministry now, and we're both just waiting for the next round of Friendly Fire. Six, I've lost so many friends I thought were really with me. I don't even know how to do this on my own. Seven, this is the hardest thing I've ever done, and I've never been more soul tired. I'm, I'm fighting back tears just remembering this and saying these again. Eight, they said they were leaving for a church where they actually believe in Jesus. And reason being because they, did, they don't wear masks on Sunday. Nine, 
the church is going to be fine, but I don't know how to climb out of this hole. 10. I'm questioning whether any of the fruit I saw before COVID even mattered. It all just disappeared so fast. Oh, man. Right. I, if, I, don't, know that, I don't know any pastor who's, who's listening to this who, doesn't, who can't resonate with the majority of those, if not all of them, right? And you've got to keep in mind, especially for those of you who are listening who are not pastors, that this is a, a room full of people who like in, in sometimes um, like sadomasochistic ways love change, right? They yeah. love and they thrive in the midst of entrepreneurial challenge and problem solving and, and difficulty who are eagerly sprinting toward whatever those circumstances are. And, and they find that the, ch- the challenges of church planting are more than worth it because they just, they love people. You don't get into this job because you're like, hey, I really want comfort and a platform. Like that, that no, <laughs> that's not a thing, um, especially post Mark Driscoll, but that's a whole nother conversation we already had, right? But they're just spent. And, and, and part of what we want to like ask the question of is like, okay, why? why does it feel like we got caught flat footed? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. And so, I mean, we're going to talk about this in a minute, but, but this title that we're, we're, um, uh, that we're going to go with for the series bait and switch the state of pastors and, and how ministry just changed, I think is, um, is so intriguing. Um, and we're, we're going to, we're going to talk in a minute, like I said, about why we're calling it that and who's being bait and switched. Um, but one of the things that strikes me, Brad, is that um, when we read the New Testament, I mean, it doesn't make it sound like ministry is going to be easy. Paul especially seems to envision pastoral ministry involving a lot more struggle and hardship than I think that we typically think of. Um, I mean, just for example, Second Corinthians, he talks about various physical trials that he had to endure, um, flogging, shipwrecks, what he was stoned three times. And we don't mean that like in a Colorado way, (laughs) right? Um, And stoned and left for dead. He talks about his mental and emotional struggle. He says, uh, besides everything else, I face daily pressure, the daily pressure of my concern for all the churches who is weak and I do not feel weak, who is led into sin and I do not inwardly burn. Man. Um, but he soldiers on through all of it. I mean, that's he, he's talking about his relationship for this church. Um, in Second, uh, Second Timothy, you know, he's talking to young Timothy, his mentor. Uh, though he's been imprisoned as a common criminal, he's facing execution and deserted by his friends. He continues his mission. He preaches the gospel at his trial he writes a letter to encourage Timothy. Uh, he models through his own behavior the instructions that he gives to to his you know protege. So, I think what we're wanting to do in this series is just tease out like what why is this going on? What what the heck is happening to pastors? Um, well, and and as we're talking about this, we're vividly aware, like, we don't want this podcast. This has never been a podcast that's like just for pastors. 
Um, and so some of you are listening, you're like, why, why, why should I care about this? And, and yeah. maybe you, maybe you actually like your pastor. So you, you, you're at least like open to the idea of listening to the rest of what's good. We're, we're going to talk about, but this has so much to do directly and indirectly with your own walk with Jesus in ways that we're, we're not used to like really kind of pulling out and talking about, honestly. Yeah. I, I feel like, you know, we maybe we, we often talk about two segments of our audience, but I think when it comes to pastors, there might be three, there's like, there's pastors, right? <laughs> and mm-hmm. then uh, there's people who are pastors. There's people who aren't pastors that have really positive views of their pastor. Mm-hmm. And then there are people who are not pastors that are maybe uh, kind of skeptical of pastors, right? And I think especially um, it, it, that third group, it, it's like, okay, so why why should you care if you are a person who has maybe been hurt by the church or you're a person who's who's going, yeah, like pastors are losing their minds and that's what's creating all of this, <laughs> this whole situation in the church where over a third of pastors really want to quit. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think in many ways, the short answer to that question, which we're going to, we're definitely going to get to repeatedly throughout this mini series is I just, Man, hearing Bryce, you read um, Paul say, besides everything else, like, okay, all of that stuff aside, I face the daily pressure of my concern. Mm. I, I, I actually, pardon my French, I give a shit about this. I give a shit about these people. I care so much. Who is weak and I do not feel weak? Who, who is struggling and I don't like want to be with them in that? Mm-hmm. Even in the midst of like all of my stuff, I will set that aside. Like we want like the the way out of toxicity and abusive power is healthy pastors. Mm. And so where there are healthy pastors, we've got to find a way to sustain and support them and 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 make that like make that the norm instead of um like if 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 we just kind of project onto them all of the abuse and stuff that like it's it's all valid but if we if we end up like not being careful with friendly fire then nobody will want to be a healthy pastor yeah well and i i think just to add to that i mean even if you're listening to this and you're a person who says i'm not a christian i think that the church is bad and it should go away um like even if you're in that place, the reality is that there are churches in your community. <laughs> there are churches um, across the nation, obviously in other nations too, and they are having an impact, mm-hmm. right? Uh, whether that's positive or negative is largely tied to the health of the pastor of that church. Yeah. And so um, any, any, obviously any city that you think of any place that you live, if you just Google like your city and churches, right? There are dozens of churches in most, in most, um, cities and they're doing things and they're having an effect in the lives of people who worship there. And if the pastor is healthy and thriving, it's going to have a, a positive effect in your community. <laughs> and if the pastor is not doing well, uh, it's going to have a negative effect in your community. And that matters whether you're a person who's in that church or you're a person who just uh, lives with the consequences of people who go to that church, right? Yeah, absolutely.
So bait and switch, the state of pastors and how ministry just changed. You know, one of the things that I think we have heard more than anything else from pastors as we have done this podcast is um, that ministry has turned out to be very different than what I expected during seminary. You know, when I was training for ministry, I had this dream, this vision, this expectation of what ministry would would look like. And the actual experience of that has turned out to be very different. Yes, ministries turned out to be very different than we expected during seminary. But what's been also surprising about that is uh, I think a lot of pastors who've been listening thought that they were the only ones that felt that way. Mm-hmm. Right, the, like the, a lot of times in hearing us articulate this, or um, and and kind of identify some of the challenges, just in cult- culturally mm-hmm. speaking, um, we've gotten a lot of feedback that says some form or another of I, I feel so much less alone or crazy now. I thought I was the only one who was thinking this way or seeing things this way, and so part of what we're hoping to do in this is to help pastors not feel so alone, and that like yeah, actually you're human and this is absolutely uh a common experience and you're you're not crazy it's not because you suck as a pastor <laughs> i mean it might but yeah, that's probably yeah. not right uh because there are too many of us who are saying the same things experiencing the same things for that for this to be like reduced to something like that so let's let's just try to be clear about this so why is this a bait and switch yeah, yeah, because it can almost sound like we're talking out of both sides of our mouth, right? We just right. Started, we just got done talking about how Paul was like, I, I face persecution. Like he's been stoned three times in a non-Colorado way. Um, so wait, shouldn't we have expected that? Like, why are we surprised? Um, and and as we were talking about this and processing this, Bryce, because that that that's a real, that's a very obvious contradiction seeming contradiction there, right? It's that we knew pastors, as pastors, we knew we'd experienced hardship, right? But there's a difference between expecting ministry to be this kind of in a series of uh, acute crises, you know, it, you know, whether those are pastoral shepherding issues or like even like organizational ones, you know, we right. knew ministry, we expected ministry to be, to involve many, if not um, a, a, a very close succession of acute crises, but that's different from ministry turning out to be one long, slow burn crisis without any real end in sight, right? It's kind of almost like the difference between, you know, that the initial, uh, you know, hurricane response versus solving climate change. You know, one <laughs> is, is very, um, Hey, you know, we know how to respond to that. We know how to like levy volunteers. We can do all those things. Um, yeah. but like adapting to and adjusting the way that we do things, in a preventative sense that mitigates and compensates for the ecosystem changes that we're in, that we kind of like a, a frog and, you know, a, a pot of water that's brought slowly to a boil that we have not noticed the change until we look in hindsight and have the opportunity to reflect and are not just responding and reacting from crisis to crisis. Yeah. That's, I, I don't know too many people, uh, too many pastors or peers who who would say like yeah I really feel like I I I have either been equipped well for that through either through seminary or mentoring and coaching or through mm-hmm. ministry experience yeah wow and so I th- I think the other question that then this then raises because Brad like really this whole project with the podcast has been you and I um, in many ways processing the way that culture has um, almost taken 
theology and ministry practice hostage. Yeah. And, and as we say that, it can feel like we are describing that in a way that it's not affecting us. Mm, yeah, right? that like that we're noticing ways that other churches or other pastors or whatever have been um, taken hostage by culture, and we've certainly explored some of those realities, especially around you know my, that six way fracturing of evangelicalism article. Yeah. But I also wonder if we do have to admit that you know the culture has influenced us more than we know. And that's part of the dynamic that we are trying to get at here. Yeah, absolutely. So this is going to be an interesting um, series. We, like you said, Brad, we've got a lot of great interviews uh, lined up. We're going to talk to Will Williman about what are pastors for. Uh, we're going to talk again with Mark Sayers John about Medlock. leadership and anxiety. We're going to talk to John Medlock about uh, what does it take to flourish in ministry uh, we're going to have a, a number of great conversations. And so we're excited to have you along for this journey. We really don't know exactly where this is going to go. So uh, we're excited to have you along for this wild ride. We'd love to hear your thoughts, questions, comments also on our Facebook group. That's linked in the show notes below. And we will be back to talk more soon. Thanks so much for joining us today. Everything Just Changed is edited by Nathan Michelle. Our logo and theme music are by Danny Rankin. I'm Bryce Hales with my friend Brad Edwards. We'll talk to you again next week right here on Everything Just Changed. Everything Just Changed.